everybody. Uh, this is the Your Your Genius Zone podcast. My name is Monty Hobson, and I'm a consultant with the John Maxwell team. And basically, my job is to story brand organizations. Uh, whether you're a startup or you are an organization with 10 employees or 100 employees, uh, what we try to do is really get in there and tell your story in a way that actually connects to people online. One of the things that John Maxwell teaches us is that everybody communicates, but few people actually connect. And connection is the part of the business that uh, most businesses miss. In other words, what we're doing is uh, blowing a lot of hot air, but we're not having any impact in people's lives because we're just telling them information. When that information becomes transformation because it makes sense to the person who wants to make the purchase of the product that you're offering, that's the magic, that's the connection. And so that takes relationship, that takes training your employees to make that connection. That takes uh, this idea of really understanding what it is you do best. In fact, most companies don't realize that the thing that they are at their core goes back to the story of some individual who's at the top of the organization and the why they do it in the first place. In other words, they don't realize the passion for the whole thing goes back to a human. It goes back to a story that they had at one point a light bulb go off and say, this is what I do best, this is what I offer the world best, and I want to do that again and again and again and again and serve as many people as I can. Well, guess what? The further away you get from that story, the further away you get from connection, and by golly, the further you get away from selling your product. Sorry, that's just the way it works, and how many companies have gone by the wayside recently? You fill in the blank, okay? This is a new world, and if you aren't telling your story in a, uh, I don't wanna use the word provocative because I think that's overextension, but in a uh, timely, relevant way, you're not connecting with people you are wanting to uh, sell a product. And that product can be anything as long as your story is being told with it. Okay, now I've just ran into a fella. His name is Tyler. He is from, Tyler, how are you doing? Good, I'm doing he, good. From South Dakota. You are a business owner of a CrossFit gym. Yep. But as we're gonna find out throughout this podcast, that's like, eh, in terms of what you do, right? Yep, that's correct. So tell us a little bit about your story because you started out about uh, last year, July, having the CrossFit gym. But yep. before that, you were a heating and cooling expert for a company doing, uh, House calls? Yep, that was it. Yep, residential service, dealing with customers, all the technical side of things. You know, the, the interesting side of that thing about that, that business is that you have to have all of the technical skills of a, like a mechanic, but you actually have to be have personal sales skills too. And normally, you know, if you go out to the car dealership, the last thing they're going to do is bring the guy out from out back to try to, <laughs> try to talk to the customers. So it makes people that can do do that type of work and actually deal with people are pretty rare you know it's it's it is we're actually very difficult to find yes and so um as time goes on that becomes more and more evident people want a better customer experience and eventually you make a pretty good living if you can do those two things and that's where i was at with that for a really long time i finally you know the last six years i think i was doing that i worked for a company uh that was very good at that. You know, my boss was very forward thinking. He was a guy, we were in a small town in South Dakota who was just 
miles ahead of what other people were doing as far as from sales, from processes, just from, from all of that stuff to the point where a lot of our employees would be like, what, what, what the hell is all this stuff? You they'd know, be overwhelmed. They'd be like, I just want to go in and fix the thing and leave. And that's the last thing a customer really wants. You know, they, they, they want to know, you know, we found in that business, you know, a customer's question always boiled down to, yes, it's a given when they call somebody that their stuff's going to be fixed when they're done. Yep. That's a, every single company they call. They don't want to know how. They, they know because they know, they know if you don't fix it, they're not paying for it. Exactly. So they right. know that that's going to happen. The reason they're going to choose you is all the other questions they answer. Is is he nice? Is he on time? Is he going to leave a mess? You know, is he going to is he going to steal from me? You know, mm -hmm. like like there, there's there's a lot of those uh, those questions is what leave people unsettled. So if you can if your whole process from beginning to end addresses all of those concerns then you have like a real premium customer experience. Now we're going to get into the CrossFit thing, but I'm yep. going to pause right there because yep. one of the things you're saying is that your boss in the heating and cooling industry did something really well. Yes. He told that story in a way that the customer understood it up front. Yep. In other words, the customer had trust in you from the website on. Yep. From the moment they called, from you know the, the dispatcher answering the phone, every single thing was, that the entire process was built around like putting those concerns at ease, and making sure that people knew, really, it, what it is, it's about set, setting expectations and meeting expectations. And a lot of times where people in that industry specifically go wrong is they don't even address an expectation. Yeah. Um, and, and if you just go with it right away, frankly, you know, one of the biggest things that our technicians would have when they come on with us is they would be afraid to even ask for money. Hmm. They didn't want to collect. You know, we collected oh, the time. And it's crazy that, you know, as an adult, as a man, you can't say, I did this this is how much this costs. Um, people get weird about asking for money, which is strange considering that that's how you feed your family. You that's know? right. That's and right. So, and so with that, that's getting that skill, getting comfortable with that was like one of the biggest, you know, one of the biggest things, like really being able to, to build that value in your own head and explain that to another person. You know, we, we always go for it. You know, you're going to put your own, you're going to project your own stuff your onto own your own clients. Yeah. So for me, it would be, if someone comes up to me and says it's going to be $500 for me to fix this thing, and I know it's not worth $500 because I can do it, so it must not be worth $500. And, um, and so, you know, we then are afraid to ask for that. Whereas if you approach it like, you know, listen, I'm really freaking good at this. That's why it's $500. I'm here on time. That's why it's five hundred dollars. There's people that answered the phone the moment you called. That's why it's five hundred dollars. That's right. And so the whole process was five hundred dollars, not the part. And that was the key: is you're selling that's an experience, good. not that's good. A component. Go back to that. The whole process yeah. is what's the the cost. Exactly. It's not the product. Exactly. It's the whole process. Yeah. In other words, it's an experience when you're buying something or spending five hundred dollars on anything, right? Yeah. I mean, if I'm spending five hundred dollars, I might be able to get to Cancun, actually. Yeah. <laughs> right. You might so get there. I better have a good process if you're fixing yeah. something that's broken, right? Exactly. That I need to use every day and rely on every day. And yeah. if you don't. What's my experience? Correct. The process was crap. Yeah. I will never, ever connect to you again. Yeah. Correct? I don't know that an Apple computer is actually worth double, triple what a PC is. I know where you're going with this. But I know for a fact that when it shows up in that package, it's beautiful. Oh, that all white it? box, you open it up, everything's just crisp. You know, right away, you're, you know, you're like, 
the fact that you spent three thousand dollars on that thing makes all that stuff fall into line you know yeah. you're like oh man that is beautiful it's a mercedes yep, exactly and, and what you know also is you're not going to get any bugs Exactly. Yep. I mean, I never, ever, ever have downloaded a uh, spyware, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, so, and, and the, <laughs> so the, those those little things as part of that experience ends up being the you know the, the, the chocolate on the pillow of the hotel. Oh yes. You know, you're not getting that at a sixty dollar motel. Yes. You might get that at a hundred and twenty dollar motel, but you get a hundred and twenty dollar night motel. You show up and there's a chocolate on your pillow. You're like. Oh, is this a three hundred dollar a night experience? What's going on? Here? Exactly right. You know, and it's 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 always the little things. It's the attention to detail. But the hard work was already done on the big things. Yes, right? so exactly. I mean, you you, you can't you, have you can't have you really can't have uh, chocolate on your pillow in a sixty dollar motel. No, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't you're, matter. You're not going to eat it. I'll tell you that. So okay, so the interesting thing is we're talking about heating and cooling in the business of selling and heating and cooling. Yep. Going back to story, which is what I love because you know that's what I do. Mm -hmm. But the truth of the matter is. That's not what really rung your bell. No, no. And the thing about it is you got to a place where you were an expert in that industry. Yeah. And yet something was like itching you like, this is not really yeah. what I want to do. Something had happened along mm -hmm. the way, right? Yep. So what had happened was at, at all of that time, it was kind of one of those things like, I think a lot of people fall into this trap where you get a little bit, you start making a little more money. You know, and for me, I didn't grow up with money at all. You know, my dad was a school teacher. You know, we didn't have a lot of money, so I was making a pretty good living. Bought a nice house, had nice vehicles, you know, so we were, I was like, oh, jeez, we're, we're, we're really living the dream here. But the problem was, is you address all of those things and your health is not even a part of the equation. A lot of people just focus on one thing, and I had done it for 15 years. It just was not um, so you're having success financially, but you're not actually growing getting, in other areas. I'm getting heavier every year. Oh. I'm smoking a pack a day of cigarettes oh. had since I was 18, you know, and um, and and my wife, she was. Does that go with the industry a little bit? Heating um, and cooling, or, oh, or is that more yes, friends? Yes, honestly, I think it's just it's a blue collar thing. Okay. And and the, the area where we're at, it's just a lot of blue collar people and a lot of blue. I mean, I'll be honest. When I started trying to work out. I would have friends and people who would be like, be like, what are you going to the gym? Lame. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like that's that's a real thing. And, yeah. And I couldn't yeah. believe it. Like, it was like, like negative was peer like, pressure. Are you making fun of me because I'm exercising? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. You didn't make fun so of me. So what were you weighing when you started? So back? when I first started, when I started CrossFit, I was about 355, 360. Okay, and I got to push around. pause at this point in the broadcast yep. to let you guys know because you can't see this, but this dude. This dude walked into the gym and every head turned. This guy is six foot six, yep, yep. Uh, easily six foot six. I'd say probably two fifty now. Oh no no, actually now. So so let let's back okay, up. Okay okay okay. But so. what I want you to understand is he could stand with Hulk Hogan. That's what I'm trying to let you know. And he's fit. My my, he's fit. my, my weight loss is less impressive now if I tell how much I weigh at the moment. So <laughs> so what, what happened was I mean I was like two hundred or three fifty three sixty all mashed potatoes just. Wow. Soft as baby poop, you know, just yeah, and, and really useless. I was a I was a pretty good athlete in high school at football and basketball. I could move well. I was big. Never worked that hard at things, but just was big. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, but but you know, just gained weight every year. By the time that was all, but by the time I showed up, but basically I had done what everybody does, and this is part of kind of the sales pitch I pitch to people when they come to me in the gym because I have a story that's relatable. I'm yeah. Not, if I can explain this to a person they're going to relate to me because it, it relates to most people who are inquiring about coming to our gym. It addresses a lot of their fears, right? So what I tell people when they come in, I say, listen, I had tried 15 times to do it by myself. 
you know, the, the $40 gym membership. I'd, I'd go to the YMCA, I'd go in and I'd walk around, I'd look around, and I would not know what to do, how much to lift, whether I was doing it right, not knowing anything about anything. And I'd wander back to the weight area, and even though I was the biggest person there, I was, but I was really fat, not, not big in a good <laughs> way, not big in an intimidating way either. Which probably kept you from wanting actually to use your membership. Yeah, because also I would go in and I'd be like weak, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so, but, but I, get, I got in there and I'd go in back to the free weights area, and those guys knew what they were doing, and I sure didn't, and, and I would be intimidated back there and not do anything, and I'd but everyone knows how to push start on a treadmill. So I go and push, and I just thought you had to run. That's how you lost weight. So I pushed start with 360 pounds running is a wow. terrible idea. And I'd go and I'd run for five minutes and I'd hate it and I'd stop and I'd leave and I'd come back in six months and try again, you know, and that was, and that you was probably leave and reward yourself with a Big Mac or yeah. something. No, I, I, I would, I, you know, the truth is you leave that situation and it is, I think this is as hopeless of a feeling as there is. Because you're like, I finally, like I did it, I got off my ass, mm -hmm. I went into the thing, and nothing happened. I couldn't even do it, like I couldn't even break a sweat because I didn't know what to do, you know? And so I had mm -hmm. some friends who drugged me and my wife drugged me kicking and screaming into the, the new CrossFit program that had started through the YMCA actually in our town. And uh, when I had started, it was, I don't remember how many people had maybe like 60 70 people there um, I started and it was so hard um, but my thing was one I started with a friend so there was some accountability there and I couldn't at least me I couldn't to another man quit just because it was hard I didn't have any reason to quit at that point right so I kept going and after a month or so things were moving along fine but you know there was no way to just stop doing it because it was difficult Yep. Because at the very least, I'm prideful. <laughs> you know what I mean? To a fault. So, but that fault kept me in the game. That was it. I was like, I'm not going to tell a person I stopped just because it's hard. So I'm going to keep doing it even though I'm literally the worst at it. And I was really bad at it. And so, but I had got some advice from a couple people that were members there. Just little things. And that's a little information that people can plant in your head that's positive goes such a long way. You know, one day I'm tying, taking off my shoes after a class and a, you know, a guy that was there, he said, he said, well, how's it going? I was like, oh, it's good. It's really hard. And he goes, just give it 90 days. He was like, do the whole thing for 90 days. Just come as often as you can. Don't overdo it, but don't be lazy. Just come for 90 days, do all the reps, do all the time, do all the stuff in the warm up. Just, just 90 days, give it three months. Try to eat better during that time, but let's not reinvent the wheel. Don't try to turn everything around. Was this around. the coach? No, this was just another a member. member. It's all he said. Just, just give it 90 days. You know, don't try to change the world. Man. Just do a few things. 90 days. 90 days in, you know, I had gone from 350, 360 to about probably like 330, and then the weight kept falling off by a year. Still feeling like you're kind of getting your. Oh, I finally I quit, I quit smoking after six weeks in. Because you were exhausted. I was yeah. Dying. And yeah. what I found, well, the real appeal to me is it was like a cheat code. I was like, this is really hard. If I remove this from the equation today, today's workout's going to be easier. Wow. <laughs> you know? And it made motivation. It so 15 years of trying to quit smoking and failing was over with right away just because I had a daily reward for it. 
That's you had awesome. a daily celebration of that victory. Like, I didn't smoke yeah, today. Yeah, and the other secret in there, too, I hear, is that the members of the gym, not the coach, Wasn't right? the coach, no. Uh, connected it was, to you. Yep, it was a culture thing. It was just a person And that who is said, a CrossFit culture. Yep, it was a person who said, listen, to just stick with it. And that's all a person really needs to hear, you know, is not to just be ignored and see out the door. But um, So what, that, what happened is, by a year later, I had, I was down to... I mean, I think I was, actually by nine months, I was down to 300 pounds. I got into 300 pounds for the first time in a long time. Wow. And then then I started kind of training for strength, added a little more strength to my stuff. I actually got down to about 287. And then at that point, I was like, I won't say like skinny, but that wasn't for me, for my build, for the type of training that I am biased towards. Like... Doing just CrossFit workouts isn't necessarily what I was put on this earth. To do. I'm not meant to be a good CrossFit. You're six foot six. You're too tall. Yeah, it's very yeah. And, and <laughs> I doesn't mean you shouldn't you're do it. Tell me you went into weightlifting. Yeah. So what I did, and actually that was the thing. I clicked with the Olympic weightlifting for a while. Stuck with that for a little bit, um, and then I started another business that we'll maybe get into later with some guys sure. do, that do some powerlifting in our town, um, and we ended up opening another small powerlifting club and a website and a podcast and business that's now kind of our like my primary side hustle and and that's like a super fun and, awesome and it's project. a passion yeah that's what it comes yeah, down to. And, and so that's kind of the method. and now you guys are understanding when i told you that he, he could ha- hang with hulk hogan that i was not <laughs> kidding so and and actually, this, so, this is the picture of the man that, yes. that i am sitting so with when right we now. get back to that right so i was down to about 287 i think it was the lightest i got to and then i decided i said i want to I want to start to get stronger now. And I started, because even at that, I had, so the thing is I trained for a year doing CrossFit, hadn't really gotten stronger at any of my lifts. I mean, you're not going to lose 60 pounds and, and put weight on your deadlift. Right. It's, it's just not well, the way you it's Well, you convert work. it from fat to muscle maybe, or <laughs> I don't know. It's just, you know, just the, the you know, your, your bench. And now I still believe you need to set a good foundation. You need to drop oh, yeah. that weight. I absolutely needed to. But then, so what I did, I started to focus on adding muscle and getting stronger. Since then, you know, in the two years since then, now I'm up to, like, now I'm about 325, 330. Wow. Yeah. So, but I compete in the sport of strongman. Okay. So there's okay. kind of a... Yeah, a little bit of a difference. Yeah, like I have to carry around a lot of weight. So mm-hmm. now, yeah, I eat all day long. It's all <laughs> I do. And it's, but, but so, and I, but I still use CrossFit as my, um, as a tool. And so for me, it's a training tool, you know, the constantly varied functional movement at high intensity is what I use for my conditioning. It's what I use to keep myself in shape. It's what I use for balance. And I basically train like a power lifter and a strong man three days a week. And I fill in with CrossFit stuff. Um, but all that aside, last July, we decided, we actually decided over a year and a half ago that we were going to do, we were going to open our own spot. You know, we just decided it was going to be our thing. It needed to be our thing. Because at this point, you're still training at the, uh, the gym that you started in. Yep, correct. You're, you're yep. connecting with people, yep. and you're yep. realizing, wait a minute, uh, I'm doing heating and cooling, but yep. the truth of the matter is I love yeah. being fit and actually the mental side of it. I yep. love the the challenging myself yep. side of it. I see the weightlifting business side of it coming yep. up into fruition. Yeah. What what was the um, jump like? And in, in a way, so, how did that even come into your mind? Where so you what, went, I want to start my own CrossFit. There, I think there's two ways that people approach. They can they can get into that mindset out of uh, spite or bitterness, right? Like, oh, these people are messing it up. I can do better than that, right? And that's not good. That's not the way that I got into it necessarily. And and what it was was that it was that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. 
And she said, like, I want to do this. I want to help people. But I also saw that in the structure that that was at for us, with that being kind of run by the YMCA, mm. uh, there's just not, I'm not going to do that for us a wage and have a boss. Mm. If I'm going to have a boss and somebody and hoops to jump through, who truthfully, especially in a structure like that, there isn't a boss there that is, would have a lot of experience in that world. So it's one of those things where like, if I'm going to answer to somebody, it better be me then at this yeah. point. Like I need to call the shots. So it was, it was more about what I wanted to do and not that I felt like I could do it better. Yeah. Um, even though obviously you should. But when did it be, when did that, because uh, here's one of the things that I want to uh, draw out every single one of these podcasts. I think you're hearing the passion here. Tyler is a person who literally has been lit up for a new uh, drive in his life that he did not know existed up until all of like, you know, two years ago. Yep, and so this, this journey begins with a thought, with an idea, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and it's connected to you. Yeah. It's connected to something inside of you that's pushing and saying, I, there's more than this. Mm -hmm. I don't want to work for someone else. I want, now I'm, not, I'm not saying it's for everybody. I'm, I'm not t trying to tell you if you're listening to this, you got to be an entrepreneur. You don't. It is certainly not for everybody. It's not for everybody. <laughs> that's right. But I think the thing that is for everybody is that sense inside that I do something really well. Yeah. And this thing that I do really well, I want to see where it takes me. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so where where did you have the light bulb moment? Because you had go, obviously lost 60, 40 pounds right yeah, away. Yeah. Now you're you're gaining weight, but you're gaining it in the right way. Yeah, yeah. I'm, at this point, I'm, I'm happy with my physique, my fitness, my health. Every, all that stuff is now working. So then I'm I'm fit. I have a job that's paying me good money. Everything should be great, right? Right. And I'm not miserable. So let let me let me like I'm definitely not. not miserable. I'm not. I'm not like. Oh God, I gotta go to work. Because you're already good at heating and exactly. cooling and that you're good was, at the gym. That job was pretty easy, pretty cush, paid sure. pretty well, right? And so, but what happened was when I, I started realizing that I wanted to, part of it for me was, I, one, I wanted to help people. Yeah. What I found was that I wanted to, I viewed it as a gift, like a new lease on life that I was given. And it was a thing that had consumed me outside of work overlapping into my work, obviously. And then it's one of the things I was like, I just should do this all the time. There's no point in me not doing this all the time. And, and if, if this is that impactful for me, I feel like I can help other people find it. Now that doesn't mean that I'm an exceptional coach day one, right? But I had the guy. And I had the guy that was my coach, and he wanted, he was ready to kind of do his wow. thing too. So and it, I did, knew, it did have to do a little bit with uh, the relationships you have Absolutely. formed and the ideas that they were having simultaneously. Absolutely. So and some of these the things don't happen just all like in your bedroom and your boxer shorts no. going download. Oh! No, no, no. Okay. And, and, and part of it, like you see, all this is kind of a slow burn, right? It's right. like oh, I started doing CrossFit, and I wasn't a person who was like, boom, all CrossFit, let's do this. Right. I was like, this is hard, and it just <laughs> gradually became something that I, I endured, yeah. then enjoyed, yeah. and then got decent and got the results, and the results are where it's at, right? Yeah. And then it became something that I enjoyed more, and then I just wanted to then let other people enjoy, right? right? And so, but the same vision that I had of what where I wanted to be with it, where like, we need to be calling the shots, we need to build it our way, we need flexibility. My coach was kind of in the same position. He was like, you know, it was he was just ready to, to do his thing too. Yeah. And, and we had, he had had, you know, other people around who had 
we're encouraging him to, you know, yeah, whenever, go ahead and, and you know, because at that point, it is a YMCA. You're not really taking it out of another man's pocket. Right. You know, it's just, you know, and there, it, it really is a good move on his part. Like, make it your own thing. Go do your own thing. Mm -hmm. And so, but, you know, he doesn't quite have the, he's an exceptional coach, exceptional room full of people, great with movement. That is his thing. I mean, he's like, when he's in that mode, mode. you can see yeah. right away. You're like, that's his incredible. genius zone. Yes, exactly. Right, right. But you get him in with the uh, Chamber of Commerce, comes here <laughs> when you open the business and they want someone to talk about it. He's not the guy. Yeah, because yeah, he's, so, so he's, he's going to get in the Chamber of Commerce yeah. and scare the crap out of them. Yeah. All right, guys, here we're doing <laughs> it, 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 It's not even that. Like his, his acumen just isn't there. Like he'll, he'll just close off. Oh, okay. That's not his that's, environment. That's this group of people that have ties and suits and I'm not there. And so he's, he's exceptional with those things. He's exceptional at all of the things that I don't like doing, yeah. he likes doing. So he's good to come in on Sunday and do some extra cleaning. For me, I would literally rather do anything else than mop. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just, I really would. And and it just works out that way. Like I know he, some he, people he, like that in my yes, life. <laughs> yes, so he fits, he fills the pieces that I do. And so doing the, the business stuff, running the social media, those are the things that with the web-based, the Massonomics, the powerlifting company, the podcasts and stuff like that that I do, I had already built up some stuff via social media on that. So the lessons I learned on that, I could carry over to this. So what it was, I just gradually acquired information and skill sets a little at a time. And we talked about this when we started. Um, you're not going to be good at it right away. Uh -huh. You know, you're just not going to be. And you just have to try. And so I know there's some people maybe have lots of business experience, financial resources, all these things that could start a business and have all the systems in place and just start with employees and do those things and we just couldn't, we couldn't do that. We either had to do it with what we had and with the skill set that we had or it wasn't going to happen. You know? and, and you feel like that, that uh, it, I, I know this is true, but I know from our you know, friendship that basically what you're telling me is if you had waited to start, uh, it yeah. never would have happened. No, and and the truth is, is we knew, and and fact is, we spent over a year in real estate trying to find a building. Yeah. So there's a lot of want to getting to over a dozen properties, negotiating and failing. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and knowing that I didn't have the money, couldn't float many months worth of rent without income, not knowing how many clients I was going to have day one. You know, not having a clue. So, I mean, I literally, and I'm, and I'm pretty open with this with everybody. Yeah. I took all of my 401ks that I had earned entire career, cashed them out, paid a colossal penalties on 35%. Them. Yeah. Yep. And then also, by the way, at the end of the year, it's actually more than that if you yeah. go over $10,000. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I had to pay in a, had a really shitty surprise oh. on my taxes this year too. But then, um, then all of the money I'd ever saved... You know, and by the time we had ordered equipment, we found a building, we got started, oh, paid yeah. the deposit, all that stuff. You got some and we debt can't, we coming can't, up. We can't, and, but we didn't go to a bank. Really? Not a bit. Because I couldn't, I couldn't in good faith even do a projection. And I didn't want to be on the hook for anything more than the lease and utilities. So I, I would rather pay that, I would rather have nothing of mine I than have somebody else have something of I you guys understand that you're hearing uh, uh, his genius zone. What he's basically saying is, listen... If you want to do something, go do it. And you got to want and it you bad will enough to put figure everything out. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. do, you do. But you will figure out what I, what hacks. I mean, yeah. life hacks. You'll just figure out how. 
Right. You know. And, and the only thing that will keep you from doing that is saying, um, you know, this is too hard. Yeah. Now, if you had said that, what, two years ago or really mm -hmm. more than that when you started yep. originally at CrossFit, you would not be a uh, Hulk Hogan, powerlifting, gym-owning, <laughs> diabetic person, all right? And, and so uh, in my mind of this, I, I call this breadcrumbs, right? Yeah. There, there are these breadcrumbs that emerge in our life that we see a new path for us that is in line with who we are. Mm -hmm. It's in line with how we're wired and what motivates us and how we can feel freedom. Well, and I think that's a, it's a combination of all your past experience, too. So it's one of those things where not only is it how you are, how you're wired, but then there are things where all of a sudden I wasn't afraid when someone came in through the door to tell them that we were the most expensive place in town to train. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, and that's because, a mental shift. Because shift's. I had that from my experience before. Yes. And it didn't bother me anymore. Yes. As a matter of fact, I only would, in any, and, and I learned that with my experience of heating areas, I only want to be the most expensive place in town. If I was going to open a restaurant, I would want to be the most expensive restaurant in town. I love that you know, mentality. That's, that's, if I'm going to, if I'm going to make a line of shoes, it's going to be the most expensive shoes you can buy. And the reason is? Because people that spend more money on something are choosing to be happier about that experience. Exactly right. Nobody buys something for a dollar on Amazon and is expecting to leave a five-star review. No, what spend, we're expecting spend, is to use it for five minutes yes. and then it will break. Yeah, you know, and same thing. You, you, you got your Apple computer, you ordered an Apple computer, you were expecting a five-star experience. Of, exactly. You know, and yeah. that's the truth of the matter. So people that choose to spend more, and this is actually, I believe there's plenty of research done on this, but people that choose to spend more money on a product or experience are inherently happier with wow. that product. And that doesn't mean that the product is any better or worse, but it also means you're dealing with people who want to deal with you. But go, you don't go, want to, you go don't want to right fight back over to the beginning of the story. Yeah, so right back to the beginning of the no, story. No, no, and here's why. You're saying process mm -hmm. and product are two different things, but they're intricately related. Yeah, they really are the same. Because they, basically you're saying, look, if you create a value that is of that five-star quality that yep. you're saying, that is the experience. Mm -hmm. The product is just an, like a bonus. Yeah. Exactly. Like it's like, oh my gosh, yeah. you're an amazing person. You do, you've thought about all these things. You've thought about me. Yeah. You're going to give me personal attention because you actually care about me. Yeah. Not because you have to, but because you actually went on a breadcrumb trail that led yeah. you. And they know why. To, and they know why, right? Yeah. So now they're connecting to that story and yeah. saying, wait a minute, that's what I want to do. Yeah. I want to have a freedom to be yeah. the person that I can actually have a body that takes me where I want it to yeah. go, right? I mean, essentially, yeah. it's the vehicle for the rest of my life. Yeah. I might as well take care of it. Yeah. And then it's, in a certain sense, giving them the freedom to choose whatever they want to do next. Yeah. Of course, all of that is working, but really the product then, what? CrossFit just happens there to be is. the vehicle. Yep, exactly. And, and it's not something that you can do passively. You, can, you, know, you can't just plug them into CrossFit and they kick ass all of a sudden. No. You know? So you do have to do that well. And that's why for us, you know, we, you know, we, I have spent as much money traveling and learning and on coaching and all these things, literally dollar for dollar this year, as much as I have taken myself. So I have paid out to learn as much as I have taken out of the business. Yeah. So and, we, and just, just a note here. Um, you know, one of the things that, that you've said that I completely connect, I mean, besides all of it that I connect with, but this particular thing really stood out. You basically said, uh, you know, 
I found the thing that makes me free mm -hmm. and allows me to serve people the way that I know will make their life better. Yeah. That's incredibly selfish and selfless all at once. It cl clashes together. Yeah. But the truth is that you um, are, are saying something that John talks about all the time in, in the consulting things that, that I do. It talks about 75% of leadership is self-leadership mm -hmm. because you're going to lead 25% of the time and you've got to lead really well. Yeah. So if you are taking care of yourself, you actually become more selfless. Yeah. Yeah. Now there's... If we back up a little bit too, there's not. There's also some things with this that I'm not good at. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like my my time management is awful. Huh. You know my organization is terrible. I'm I'm the most disorganized person. Where there's you know there's two people like in high school. You have the people with meticulously organized lockers and people with a a pile of paper and books. And I was the pile of paper and books guy. I was the guy who couldn't make it to class or didn't even have a freaking pen every day. You know I was that guy. <laughs> And, and so the, so now I find myself in the situation where you know my business partner is very good at his thing and I'm pretty good at the social side of my thing and, I, and acquiring information and coaching and those types of things have really I think have, has come along very well for us but from the business requires me to be better at the things that I'm bad at and I have not figured that out yet. You know, I don't so you know have how, to spend time on it. Yeah, you have to figure out. And I'm but here's what I'm getting at with believer. the leadership thing, yeah. right? I mean, I, I want you to understand uh, just something that's remarkable to me is when I, we talked about, okay, you, yeah, I started a CrossFit gym last July 2017, mm -hmm. yep. okay? Just started a CrossFit gym, got a facility, got the stuff. Hey, we're open for business, okay? Mm -hmm. it, you know, that is pretty cool in itself. Mm -hmm. a great milestone. A year later, less than a year later, yeah. 133 clients. Mm -hmm. yeah. That is remarkable. And what that says to me is you didn't back off for a second on anything that no. you're not good at and say, oh, well, so, since I'm not good at it, I can't do it. You yeah. just said, I'm not good at it. I got to spend time doing it. Yeah, that's it. And, and, the, and still the fact is like 133 clients does not equal X amount of dollars in my pocket, right? Yeah, sure. Um, because part, you had to spend this, you well, had to part do of this. It, and the truth is, we ended up with quite a f way more right away when I, than I expected. Like ninety people within a first month. Wow! But the problem—that's a problem. Oh yeah. Because you hadn't built the structures. Well, to I didn't even serve. have enough equipment to oh, serve yeah. people. I spent all my money thinking I'd have forty, and that it would take me six months, eight months to get to ninety, and I was still going to work my job. And 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 next thing I know, I have all these people. So I have to. So you spend actually forced yourself out of your job. Yeah, and so, so I, I had to quit my job, knowing that every penny that we would make, I would have to turn back into re-equipping the gym immediately. Yeah. So instead of having this slow bits of profits that we could nickel and dime our uh -huh. way to to handle the the amount of people, I, it was just like, well, all the money has to go back into this, and I had to quit the job. It's like if we can't adequately serve these people, the reason there's, I mean, there's only two of us coaching me and my business partner mm -hmm. so when people come in when they're new I don't even have the time to run a private onboarding group mm -hmm. or anything like mm -hmm. that so what they do is they essentially in a class when there's a couple new people it is just for their first few weeks it is just okay there's these two people I me I go with them yes and they and I work with them in the class structure we still do assessments kind of in that deal while the other one of us runs the the whole class and that's the way we found to make it work 
because it had to work that way, right? There's, mm-hmm. I'm certain there's a better way, mm-hmm. but that's the way it had to work then. But what we found is if I'm not there, if there's only one of us there, those people are getting like unre- unreasonably underserved. Oh yeah. And if you if I underserve too many people in that early it's phase, you never well, and you never come back from right. it. Right. If yeah. I start losing, if if I get ninety that first month and forty of them cancel because they're getting hurt or they're not learning anything or you know they just feel like nobody's giving them any coaching then then I'm never going to get those people back yeah and and yeah. so that was the deal so I quit my job and fortunately <laughs> my and my boss was has was the most supportive person throughout this whole process cuz he knows you know his his role throughout all this was he he wanted all of us to be as successful as we could be and he wow. built that into our whole culture so it was you know this is the and this thing. Is the heating cooling. Yeah, he said, "This is the thing that you're meant to do." I'm Sounds happy. like an amazing leader. Yeah, he said, "I'm happy to have helped facilitate that." Wow. Because he basically, frankly, you can't chase your dreams if you're freaking hungry. Yeah. You know, if you're not putting food on the table. I was fortunate enough to have food on the table, have some level of money in the bank, because of that opportunity. And he let me work part time, you know, for the few months as I was equipping the gym. And we had to build everything ourselves because I couldn't afford to pay anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I had, we were literally down to the day we opened on the 1st of July. We processed our first membership payments in that first day. Um, the business account was down to like $11. I had deferred my vehicle payments for the last two months. And I think I had like $9 in my bank account. I mean, that is how all in you could be. And that's it. And that was, that certainly is irresponsible, probably. Mm. But that's just what it took to do it, too. Mm. And so we couldn't show up with more, though. You know, I just, I couldn't offer any more in the beginning. So that's what we did, is we just kept piling back into it. And, but again, it was the deal. We're not going to be good, right? So I'm not going to have this five star facility with marble showers and all this stuff. Like what we had given people was everything that we have. And that showed when okay. they came in. All right. Yeah, going back to process. Yep. Process five star is not. It isn't gold plated no. toilets. No. Nope. It isn't. It's a feeling. Uh, it is. It is a connection. Yep, exactly. So what you're telling me is that whole deal. It's not about the product. It is about the person. Exactly. It's about the story. It's about the connection. Yep. And when we feel that, I don't care where it is, we feel like we want to go on that ride with you. Mm-hmm. Because this is something that's moving and it's moving in a direction that is a promise that we can see is coming because you believe it. Yeah, exactly. So if I'm kind of hearing you right, you discovering that genius zone Mm -hmm. is all the confidence you need to say, you know what? I'm worth betting on myself. Yeah, yeah. Because this will work out because this is what I do best and it is what the world needs most. And, and, And on that... Also, once you have that in your head, you are, you're screwed. Once that gets burned into your brain, yeah. there is only two ways that that goes. You either uproot everything in your entire life and you do this. You try to do this because you might still eat shit. Statistically speaking, lots of people eat it. Mm. More people eat it than do come out on the other side. And the ones that come out on the other side, some of them aren't making that good money. You know, mm. We still don't, mm. you know what I mean? But we're doing it and like my bills are paid. Mm. So that's, I guess that's a start, right? But um, your other choice, you, I mean, you either sacrifice everything to do it and there's, the, there's only one way to do it and that is to put everything on the line to do it, in my opinion. I mean, the people that half-ass their way to it 
You don't have any skin in the game, so there is no connection to that. But you either do all of that or you don't. And not doing it is your, you will, your entire life, you will wonder what would happen if you had. And this thought has been burned in my head. Yeah. Hell. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Hell is the experience of meeting who you should have been at the end of your life. Yeah, I just, actually, I think I just read that today. But that's the, that's the key there is there's no other option. You either try to do it, succeed or fail, whatever, but you're either going to try to do it or you're going to not do it. Let me ask you, you're not failing, by the way. You're succeeding. No, we're trying. Bright, yeah, yeah. shining colors. Yeah. And every CrossFit owner who's listening to this is going, I want 133 members in my gym in one year, okay? So we, we all know you're succeeding bigly. Mm -hmm. And the thing about it is the bottom line will come. Yeah. But it's not about the bottom line. No, the bottom line, I actually know for a fact that the best, based on like the numbers, right? Yep. The best that I could possibly manage, I think, in this industry is still going to make me less money that I made fixing air conditioners and furnaces. But that's not why I did that either. So success is a different measure than money, right? Now, I want you guys to understand too that one of the things you don't know about Tyler that, that happens to every single person who finds their genius zone. Because when you find your genius zone, what it does is it empowers you to say, even when I don't know everything, I'm going to know a little bit more every day because every day I'm waking up excited for the next breadcrumb. Yep. So one of the things that Tyler was sharing with me is he's not just good at CrossFit. He's now gotten really good at understanding real estate. He's gotten really good at understanding the value of having uh, alternate sources of income, right? Mm -hmm. So we're talking about products that he sells at the gym. We're talking about this weightlifting uh, passion mm -hmm. that's, that's keeping itself going, yep. but also brings in people's interest. Mm -hmm. You're talking about side projects where he is now getting advertising for his podcast, which I want to. <coughs> <laughs> we'll get into it. You know, we'll sell that <laughs> here in a second. But here's the thing. Those things, I mean, when you're telling me a company is approaching your podcast and saying, hey, we'd like to give you $3,000 for advertising uh, a month. By the way, we decline those offers. I know. And that's <laughs> insane. Okay. So here's the thing. What we are not talking about is that you have to somehow believe that if the CrossFit thing doesn't work, you are a failure. No, because what's happening is not about CrossFit. No. It is that we love CrossFit, but CrossFit's the vehicle because Tyler's found his genius zone. What he knows now is, is I don't want to call it the secret. I'm not Oprah. I don't want to be, <laughs> but it is a secret to life, yeah. which is once you find out what you're good at, you find out there's way more to you than you knew. For sure. Yeah. And with that, you end up dealing with, you know, there's a lot of, it, it was a dramatic change when you have somebody you can answer to, right? There's always somebody to defer to. Even though you can have all the responsibility in the world, at some point that lands on somebody else. You know what right. I mean? It still is somebody else's problem. Um, but in this case here, and I'm, and I'm sure it's something you've dealt with, is that now I, nobody comes to me with solutions anymore. I only get presented 
hey Tyler, this is a problem. Hey Tyler, even the micro or the macro, like like hey Tyler, so and so and so wants to cancel their membership. So and so this, so that. Hey Tyler, the toilet's running. Hey Tyler, somebody broke the urinal and there's water all over the back. Well, fortunately, I'm handy. <laughs> you know, so so it ends up being being one of those things where you just uh, you have to be resourceful in everything, and it just. You're, you're just, hinting you're at just something that's so You're just taking so important. things at you as they come. And you're just, you have to just wade through it all the time. And it just is. Now, though, because of that, I'm not really concerned with what would happen if everything dried up and stopped tomorrow. Because I think I would just figure it out. Because I've solved more problems in the last eight months than I could have imagined having even dealt with. In a <laughs> lifetime, you know, right? Like Before. Things that I did not think I was going to have to deal with, you have to deal with. And that's what I think you're hinting at, that... that it means you're going to take responsibility for your life. Yes. And, and in the micro sense, there's, there's also a point in which you have to, and I've learned this from other business owners that I've talked to about these things, is you also do have to learn how to detach a little bit. And because hmm. this becomes something when you become very passionate about it. Um, like, you know, in this business, we had talked earlier how it is a lot like dealing with uh, in like addiction treatment, stuff like that. Yeah. The, the fitness industry in general does not have a very good success rate. That's why it's a billions and billions and billions of dollars a year industry that doesn't get a lot of results. You know, how, many Ameri- how much money does America spend on fitness? And we're not a very fit country. Wow. You know? And so that's a problem, but that's just the way people are, right? So if I was in the business of coaching people on how to quit smoking cigarettes, while the goal is to have a great impact, generally speaking, your success rate's not going to be that good. Or at least there will always be people who fall off. And I took the, like the Jocko Willink extreme ownership approach of those mm. things in the beginning. And I think in that case, it was a bit of a mistake. I don't know. I, I still am a little torn. Yeah, tell, tell me I think that. it might be a bit of a mistake in that what happened was I, I know that some people are just not choosing to do the thing, right? Yeah, right? They're coming in, they think they're gonna pay for it, and they're just gonna pay for it, and the results are gonna happen. They come through the door once or twice, and it's hard, and then they don't come back. A Couple months later, they cancel their membership. They've attended, I look up, they've attended one, two classes, right? How could they really know? And so my thing, initially, was I can't be the guy who's like, well, screw them, they never gave themselves a chance because I, you have to always take ownership of it because if that is a systematic problem, it is my system and my problem to solve. Mm. Did they feel like they didn't get connected with it? But still the fact is you can't do it for them. No. And so I actually beat myself up over, it's still, it's still hard. Every time I get a cancellation, I'm like, what did I do wrong? Like, where did we miss here? What am I doing here? You know what I mean? Like, like, did I mess this up? What should we have done right? Um, the first thought is to be like, screw them then, whatever. You know, or, you know, it's just it, that, that part is something that has caused me a lot of stress. But it also, from a business standpoint, you shouldn't be stressing over people who aren't doing business with you. And I remember I just listened to a podcast with Zach Evanesh like this week. And one mm-hmm. of the things he said, he addressed the same thing just in passing. And he said, you know, I get, he's like, I get an athlete who wouldn't come in and then they just end up canceling. He's like, I'd be, I'd be mad about it. I'd beat myself up about it. And he said, but then I realized that that was taking away from the people that are in the building. Mm-hmm. So instead of worrying about maybe the, the four or five cancellations you, you had this month when you only had one or two new ones sign up, let's really focus on those two. And also, 
don't forget about the 120 some other people that are in yeah. the building. And, and that's where you just have to do what you do and do it really well. And the people that aren't going to see the value in it, you just have to believe that you're doing the best and they're just, they're probably the ones yeah, making it. And you know mistake. what? Let's get real. Preference is real. Human beings are For not sure. robots. Just because you open up a gym and everybody in the world is unhealthy doesn't mean they're going to come through the door no, of your gym. No, and it and doesn't even mean though they gonna, should, even though yeah. you want them to. And it doesn't mean they're going to like me. It doesn't mean they're going to like that's right. fitness. It doesn't mean they're yep. going to like getting up early in the morning. Yep. So there's a lot of things that pull people away, and then I think that's and I think that's shows in the general fitness of the whole population. Which kind of comes to something that I, I'm not going to hit too often on these podcasts. I'm a person of faith. It's okay. Don't worry about it. You don't have to be to listen. <laughs> um, the, the reason that I, I get a little mystical about these things is because there is an, a, a, a thing that happens within a person who finds their genius zone where they're following these breadcrumbs and they start realizing, look, it isn't necessarily about making a bajillion dollars. Mm -hmm. It's not really necessarily about having the most clients in town. It's not necessarily about um, you know uh, the, the the big bright new shiny equipment that we can make ourselves look better than the next place. Yeah. What it really is about is that I'm learning that when I do something for other people, it comes back. Yes. And it comes back on its own. It doesn't. It's not something I can manufacture. I'm not a robot. They're not a robot. But there is something bigger happening. Mm -hmm. Like almost like. Because I'm doing what I'm doing, I'm providing a service that allows other people to do what they're doing. Yeah. And instead of being looking at someone who you know cancels their membership or whatever it is, in a way of like, oh man, you know, well I don't blah 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 blah. No, it's like it, you you change your mind. And you go, wait a minute, they're just going to the next thing they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, exactly. And some sometimes it's that's the lesson they have to learn. They have to try something and fail before they'll find the thing that works. Or they may not find the thing that works. Some people don't. But that is that is just part of their process and I can't make it uh, a big part of mine. A friend of mine, uh, he actually owns like a furniture store in town. Very successful. And he he, he said he, he had kind of had the same thing we were talking about it and, and he was like, you know, he said, I, I'd have some real stressful days at work. And he said, I'd come home and he said, I went out with a friend of mine who, it was the same day, like he went out with a friend of his who, has a way bigger business with somebody that you know is way more stressed than he has, and and his friend was like, well, what's going on? And he's like, oh, just a really rough day, a rough week, whatever at work. And and his friend told him, he said, he said, well, what are you freaking operating on people? He's like, who cares? You sell furniture, like how bad can it really be? Is it all life or death? No, like have a beer. Yeah. And so and that's the way I started looking. It's like you know, it, no matter what, when you're in a client-based membership business. You're going to lose people. Yeah. And you just have to just... And it hurts every time. Yeah. And if it doesn't, then you are going to... You're, you're detaching that connection from it, right? Yeah. So if, if, if it does bother me a little bit, that means that I have made an attempt to make a connection. Which yes. The whole process is still pointing the right direction. Yeah. But you just can't let them drag you out the door with them. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's what I realized. It's like, you know, while I like to think that I'm saving lives... Listen, that day, that person wasn't going to live or die. Yeah. So they'll be fine. <laughs> so you're not the savior of the world. No. But you are offering something that is um, your story in motion that someone else can actually say, wow, I can learn something from you. I can mm -hmm. actually kind of gain the momentum you've already started mm -hmm. and allow that 
spirit of basic uh, uh, bettering. You know, you know, this worked for you, and I think it can work for me too. And all yeah. of a sudden, I catch that wave when I walk in your gym. Mm -hmm. And one of the, like you talk about that, like you know, like this is the thing I always preach. You talk about your your, your concept. You explain it as like breadcrumb breadcrumbs. Right? Yeah. You know, I uh, there was a one of the guys when I had first started with kind of like my first website before we got and launched Massonomics and the podcast, all the stuff we do with that now. Um, first started doing some writing before we kind of merged into the current format. Um, there was a guy, uh, Chris Moore, he was actually the, uh, he passed away about a year ago, but him and I became friends and mm -hmm. he had, he's from Barbell Shrugged, but he was a writer and he had kind of helped me kind of point me in the right direction of where to go with what I was doing with the website. And he had, but anyway, one of the things that he had always said is he's like, you need to pride yourself on the careful preservation of a forward lean and that's it. Just always lean into it and just keep going. Say that that's all, a careful preservation of a forward lean. And that's it. You just keep trudging through, and eventually, everything's going to be there. Yeah. So, you know, you just keep going. The persistence. Yes. Um, one of the other things, you know, that we'll, I'll mention too, you mentioned persistence. I actually thought you said resistance, yeah, which wow. is, I don't know if you know, Stephen Pressfield, The War of Art is a book he has. And anything that's worth doing, there's just this little freaking monster of resistance that comes into your head. And when I started the business, we talked, you know, it sounded like I had all this confidence I was going to do it, right? Every single night, lay in bed, get ready to fall asleep, and then it pops into your head and it's, Tyler, what the hell are you doing? Like, do you really think this is a good idea? Like, like you're going to put everything on the line to do this. And, and what I've found is that resistance is the thing that keeps people from doing it. Just that little voice in your head that's supposed to make you scared. People don't ever lean to that and through that. They lean away from it. And that's what keeps people at their desk job. That's what keeps people, a job's a job, but that wasn't going to be for me, you know. And so, uh, you know, for me, that, that resistance is how I knew I was headed the right direction. Because that's where the fear is, mm. you know, the fishing's always best where the people aren't. And so, Gosh, you were dropping so, so you pushed, much I pushed, stuff. I just pushed right through it and, and, and that's pushed how, through it every day. Every day. And it is every day. When you're at that point, you know, when you're like, you just, you see, you, you don't have money. Yep. What am I doing? Gotta go. Gotta go. You know, and then and, and it's supposed to put doubt in your head because that's it's like evolutionarily that's important. You know, you're you're supposed to be able to feed your family. Yes. You know, like there should be a voice of fear on the other end of, of that. But that's how you know you're headed the right direction. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because we live in such a, a technological society now. Mm -hmm. You basically have no connection to the earth, right? Nothing. I mean, none of us are farmers. Uh, if you are, I'm not trying to say you can't listen to the podcast, <laughs> but please, 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 by all means, listen to the podcast if you are a farmer. I love farmers too. Uh, but here's the thing. Most of us don't do the hard work a farmer does. No. And a farmer actually plants long before a farmer harvests. Mm -hmm. So they don't necessarily think of it as faith, but they are saying, look, I know that if I don't get out and do the work, in six months, it ain't going to come back. Yep. And one of the things that... that uh, and if it doesn't rain, it might not come either way. There you go. But so you it's not even it in, up to me. But if you don't put it in the yeah. ground, it ain't coming no matter... It for certain is not coming. That's so. very true. And what I think that... Why the mystical side of it is that it does. It does grow. Mm -hmm. It will grow. In fact, it might grow differently than you think. I mean, one of the things that you you are not always uh, one uh, thing. 
In other words, you've been a heating and cooling expert. Yep. Now you're a CrossFit expert. Yep. Now you're a weightlifting expert. Then you're doing marketing and you understand yeah. what I'm talking about when I say tell your story yeah. because you've done that. Yeah. So again, now all of a sudden something's growing in a little bit of a different direction. Is that a bad thing? No. You're following the breadcrumbs to the next exactly. thing. And so one of the things we don't do well is say, look, things will run their course and then there will be something new. Yeah. But if we carry that attitude, it's not about like, oh, well, uh, when things get hard, I'll just ditch this. No, run all the way to the finish line. Yeah. Let the finish line emerge in a way that makes sense. Don't give up before you've gotten there. Don't, don't say, oh man, you know, uh, you know, that voice in my head is telling me the truth. It's not. It's there, like, you know, to use workout, to get you stronger. Yeah. I mean, when there's resistance, you've got to strengthen your ability to move forward. Exactly. And how do you do that? Your mind, your body, your, you have to remind yourself who you are. You gotta stress to progress. So you gotta stress to progress. So <laughs> one of the things that I get a good sense of just hanging with you is that you know who you are. Well, I, I hope so. <laughs> yes. The good, you know, the, the, the good and the bad, that's the thing too, is like I, I know what I can do. I know what I'm not good at. I know what I haven't figured out where it's best to put my resources in. I think it would be really nice to just get better at the things I'm good at. That yeah. would be really sweet. Yeah. Part of me does believe in kind of like the, the no, no mediocre weaknesses. Just get really good at the things you're good at. Absolutely. Focus but, on your strengths. But by God. If I could, if I could stop like going down an Instagram vortex for forty minutes at a time when I should be doing something else, sure, that'd be a skill I'd like <laughs> to pick up on. You know, like yeah, um, procrastination, wasting oh, time, and it doesn't. You, you, you don't even it. mean to. That's the thing. No, you wouldn't believe. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah, yeah, it's crazy. But you know, those 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 are little things that uh, you know. If if I but if I was detail oriented and all those things, I'd probably be much less interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and I hear something that's developed in your mindset through pushing through many of those nights where you were uh, negative towards yourself, right? Yeah. Which is this sort of grace mindset where you're basically going, you know, I'm going to have some of those times. I'm going to have some of those days yeah. and it doesn't define me. Yeah. It's just, ah, ah don't, don't go backwards, go yeah. forwards. It's, it's like that lean. Yep, yep. Just lean into it. And that's that's the way it is with everything. You know, you, I, I, everyone's going to have that at any job. Yeah. You're going to have that at any job. You're going to have it at home. You're going to have it with your kids. You're going to have it with family. There's always going to be a thing that comes up. So you're going to have, you, you almost have, that's when I say, you kind of have to detach a little bit mm -hmm. and just know that those things happen in every aspect of life. Just because it's your, your passion, your job is now your passion doesn't mean that like it's not going to rain shit every once in a while and like but you know you could be married to the person that you love and there's going to be days <laughs> you know what i mean there's going to be days where it's not all awesome <laughs> no every day for me is a sunshiny flowery day i don't know honey if you're listening i love every single day i don't know I, I, I have a dog that i love to all ends and but by God, every once in a while, there's a turd on the floor. You know? <laughs> it just happens. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And kids are, uh, yeah, you know, I get it. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. I know we've had, like, you know, here we are. You know, we're about an hour in. I don't want to go too long, but I do want to get a little bit more information about your gym. I want to get a little bit more information about the weightlifting project yeah. you've got going on. I want to get a little bit more information about... Um, kind of what's next, yeah. you know? And before we do that, I want to also send a shout out to South Dakota. Right. What's up, South Dakota? <laughs> the first 
frozen north. The frozen north. We hear you're going to get some snow here any day now or no, any moment. Yeah, it's their problem. Yeah, and, and it is. It's their problem because he's here in sunny St. Louis with, what is it, 75 degree weather? And unreasonably humid. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So, um, uh, Tyler, give us a little bit. Uh, 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 where, where can we find your CrossFit website? Yeah, let's start first. So, one of the things that I like, and this is a thing that I t- tell lots of gym owners to do. Um, one, check out our Instagram page. At, it's at CrossFit Erosion. Erosion as in like, you know. Mud, mud dirt, dirt, erosion. Dirt, stuff, right? yeah. Long story about that, but basically, fun, this funny story about the name. Getting an affiliate name at this point is almost freaking impossible. I know. Because there's like thousands of, affi- tens of thousands of affiliates. Every word is taken. Yep. And I don't think they let you use your area code or zip code anywhere or anything like that. So like, we were trying to figure it out figure out really anything yeah and literally look just looking up words and i think i had misspelled something else <laughs> i was looking up like band that i liked <laughs> album titles you know and then and, and all of a sudden and, and then one of them like auto corrected to erosion and i found this article that some crossfit gym had wrote and just written just in their blog and it just said it was erosion was the title of just their blog not their gym name and uh and I had read this article, and it was about consistency. You know, the force of erosion only works with consistency over time, and all those things. And that's why I wanted to, and that was the concept we wanted to instill in our gym. In that, like, when people come in, I want them to know, like, listen, it's not going to happen overnight, and I'm not going to give it to you overnight. Like, you need the slow. We need to build a foundation. You need to move better before I'm just gonna like run you to death and starve you and make pounds fall off you. Like that's not the goal, I want you better in five years, not better in two months. And so all of that really spoke to us. And I was like, well, let's try that name. Let's try CrossFit Erosion. And sure as hell, it wasn't taken. Woohoo! And every affiliate owner knows the process because you submit a name. The worst thing you can do though is submit more than one name because what they're gonna do is give you your least favorite one, okay. for sure. So you submit one, you wait weeks before they get back to you with a denial, and then you submit another one, and it's weeks, and they're not, so we were really fortunate. Our first attempt got it, and so that's how the name CrossFit Erosion came to be. But CrossFit Erosion on Instagram, one of the other things that I, we talked about how you don't have to be good at it to start. We've only been around for like eight months now, nine months. If you scroll all the way back to the beginning, it doesn't take that long. <laughs> You're gonna see pictures, videos done as best as I could do then. Yeah. Right? Little improvements here, little yeah. improvements there. Now I use a little bit of affordable equipment. I use a simple little gimbal with my cell phone. So you have really cool professional panning. Ooh, like, hey, this is good stuff sweet. for me. Yeah, I love look, it. It looks awesome. Slow motion on the iPhone is money. Uh, and it looks tremendous. I edit everything in iMovie on my phone even, so if you're, you'll see some of the stuff on there if you check it out and you be like, because I get asked almost every week who I pay to, to do, do our that. social media, and I'm like, just me, and I barely hey, pay myself. don't tell people that, because the <laughs> truth is, that's what I do. <laughs> I get paid to do that. But, but here's the thing, you know what, it's true, because I, when I'll go in and I'll consult with people, one of the things I'll teach them to do is to do it for themselves. Yeah. And when you do that, again, how much money are you saving? But also, it's your story. You mm-hmm. ought to be in control of it. Exactly. And there's a few other principles in the matter. You, know, you don't want to show all your people with all their abs. It's intimidating. You want to show regular people doing stuff. Darn less, less about the exercising, more about them smiling and having fun afterwards. Like That's all right. those things. Sell the whole experience. But anyway, you'll see 
at CrossFit Erosion on Instagram, that's the, you'll see what I'm talking about there. And that's what we try to do with that. But what I like to do is use our Instagram story also, not just our timeline, to then I'll share memes, fitness memes, things as far as like nutritional information that just aligns with what I believe in. Adding value. And I keep that chock full of stuff so people can always be like, oh, geez, did you know that actually you should only eat like 16 almonds as a serving? And if I eat three handfuls, I'm getting 900 calories of almonds. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like those, those little things you come across all the time. And so that's, I use that all the time to disseminate information, funny stories, funny videos, funny pictures, you know. And then is there stuff. a website? Or there is a website, Cro website, crossfiterosion.com is oh, okay. the website. Website's really simple, basic. I have, uh, but it's... It's just a gateway. It's in. clean. It's not much to it. It probably could be better, but it's a nice, clean look good image of the gym and yep. then how to contact us. Yeah. Frankly, I get more contact via our social media than I Absolutely. do through the website. Hear that, guys. Hear that. That is I don't a even big have, I don't even deal. have a phone number for the gym. Yep. Because I don't know how I'd manage it. Now, I, I want to connect some dots the there, though. I can't have people calling my cell phone. Because basically, if you are doing a, a startup, if you're doing a business, even if you are a, a multi-billion dollar business, you are throwing money away on advertising. When yes. you ought to be telling your story with social media. That is the modern version of, hey, I'm interested in someone else, but I'm not really interested in someone selling me something. No. I'm interested in their story. Yeah. I want to know what's going on with other people. That's it. That's it. And I, and it was the same, like I said, the same with everything. When I started with it, I wasn't that good at it. I just got better at it. Got a little better, cleaned up the process, cleaned up. So it didn't take me too much time either because it can't take me three hours a day. Right. I just don't have it. That's right. Um, so that's what you can find out about the CrossFit gym. I do a little bit of writing. I have more. Actually, I have a, quite a bit in the tank that I have that'll be getting published. There, we do. I do some blog writing on the website stuff. Medium or uh, like a blog for the CrossFit. Yeah. For the erosion stuff, just to uh, to kind of provide a little more information, a little more insight. And so, do you post that also like on a Facebook or? A yeah, I'll post it on on CrossFitErosion.com, and then I share it through our other social media stuff. Great. Um, you can also find us on Facebook there. Um, as far as the other stuff I do with, uh, it's called Massonomics.com, M-A-S-S-E-N-O-M-I-C-S, -S -S -E like, okay. uh, like economics of, of mass. <laughs> uh, it's kind of the, uh, so our whole thing is on, uh, you know, strength sports, getting size, building muscle, that whole thing. It's a pretty lighthearted, fun approach to it. It's not very sciencey. It's not very serious. Um, but it's, uh, fortunately with that, we've grown that every year. We're going our exposure every year now to the point where we've got media coverage at the Arnold every year. We're literally st stage side. There's nobody that has better seats for the Arnold Strongman than us when we were there. You know, we had access through a lot of the vendors now to interview their sponsored athletes. We just fast track right up to the front of them. and so all friendships and connections. Well, yeah, and it's and that's the key. It's just like doing this here when we started doing that podcast too. We're in South Dakota. We don't have. <laughs> You know, how am I, how, what am I doing interviewing Half Thor Bjornsson? What am I doing interviewing any of these people? Julian Pinot. Yeah. Yeah. Know? And yeah. so all of these things are what it takes. Is, I mean, it takes balls a little bit to be like, well, I think I can make these connections. But there's a shortcut way to do that, and that's doing Skype interviews, right? You wow. can You can Skype interview all that stuff. We don't do that. Huh. And I didn't do that because I value the personal connection more. And that is the key. The first time I met Julian, who now, you know, I intern under, mentor under him, my, my gym model, the, my coaching methodology is based around learning from him and Richard and what, how that started was I 
this would have been over a year ago now, a year and a half ago, um, out of my own pocket, flew to San Diego, just caught him as he was coming back on, you know, doing seminars, flew to San Diego, scheduled it obviously ahead of time, but caught him in about a two hour window that worked for him. So I flew all the way to San Diego, met him, he had him on our podcast, it was just me. Then I made contact with the guys from Barbell Shrugged and Scott from the Wadcast podcast and had them on the podcast while I was there, just kind of made a trip out of it. The fastest two days in the world, flew back home. Um, but what it is, is you now have personal relationships with those people. Yep. Um, you know, we've traveled to interview all sorts of people and you, those personal relationships when you do it in person now has lots of value. Yeah. Now those are people that I can call and ask yeah. questions. Those are people that, hey, I'm trying to get a hold of this person, you know, or I'd like to send this person this. And, I, and you can now all of a sudden, all of these people know us and know who we are. And that's how you really branch out from South Dakota, not by doing Skype interviews where dialogue, a lot of dialogue is lost when Absolutely. it's not in person. Timing is everything, and especially yeah. with our approach, is pretty lighthearted yeah. to those things. Yeah. Um, you can't tell a joke on a second and a half delay because nobody's going to get it. Uh-huh. And so, and it just it falls on <laughs> deaf ears. Yeah. Yes, and it ends up being a really bad product. Mm. So um, we just, we, we, and not that people that do it are, are bad. There's a lot of podcasts that are done that way that, that do well. Uh, we just decided in the beginning that we weren't going to do it because for us, we are fans first. So, you know, when we're there, you know, when we're, we're in the animal cage at the Arnold, you know, interviewing handfuls of guys that squatted over a thousand pounds Whoa. and, you know, interviewing the best, strongest athletes in the entire world for three days every year. Um, plus we travel throughout the year, a couple times a year, interviewed world champions, national champions. I mean, just all sorts of stuff. And it's for us, I was standing there and I was like, I can't believe, you know, I interviewed Bill Kazmaier twice in the last two years and I grew up like absolutely just in awe, in awe of him when I was a child. You know, everybody watched World's Strongest Man when they were kids and Kaz was the dude, you know, and fun, funny thing about Bill Kazmaier, he's really crazy. He's actually a crazy person. So, uh, but I know that now. I would not have known that if I would have Skype interviewed Bill Kazmaier. I don't know that Bill Kazmaier would know how to do an interview on Skype. Oh I don't know if I'd contact him, but I ran, we ran into him in person. We did it. We've done it now twice in the last year. Yeah. Every year at the Arnold. And so, and he's an awesome interview. Great interview. Yeah. But, you know. And, and clearly crazy on the interview, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, in an interview, he mentioned to me that he, um, for real, that uh, there used to be 200-foot-tall men and that they're finding the remains all over the world today. And my initial thought would take the <laughs> microphone and go, uh, no, they're not, Bill. My, yeah, sure. My, my other thought was to go, please elaborate. But instead, what I did was just immediately change the subject <laughs> and hope that I could still put this on YouTube. And, uh, and so, but that's, those are the fun things about you know. But, but the whole time you're sitting there, and, and especially the first time around, we hadn't gotten anybody of that caliber before, and I'm just like talking but yeah, in my brain. Oh my schooling goodness, up, like, this is amazing. Yeah. Like, like 12 year old Tyler would be losing his mind right yeah. now. And so, all, so we're fans first, so like the experience is way cooler than just getting names on my podcast. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. and then, and now, so like we, you know, we see people every year. You know, Donnie Thompson, first guy to ever total 3,000 pounds. You know, we did, did some reviews of his equipment. What's the name of the podcast? So people podcast is the Massonomics Podcast. We're okay. kind of on iTunes, Stitcher, all the stuff. But, uh, you know, we interviewed Donnie Thompson the first time, but we had done some reviews stuff with him 
they sent us some equipment. We reviewed them for the website and um, did some features for it on the podcast. So we see Donnie Thompson at the Arnold every year, and it's just high fives and hugs, and it's you know it's like that's it's a amazing. damn legend. You know, there's only yes. one person ever who's told more than him. Yes. In powerlifting, and so and that guy knows us by name. And he'll be on your podcast next. That'd be sweet. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. <laughs> well, hey guys, I hope you've enjoyed listening to this, Tyler. I'm gonna put it. You know. For, for those of you who may be listening to this from my Facebook page or wherever it is you found this, um, you know, I'll, I'll have some, some information on him and, and make sure to, to have it from here in St. Louis so that, that folks can just kind of get a peek in on somebody who's doing uh, the Genius Zone really well. Uh, it is not easy. It is not uh, something that, that um, most people do. Frankly, you know, sitting in a cush job where you're able to uh, on the responsibility on someone else has its benefits. Let's just call that yes. out. And I'm not knocking at you if that's you. So uh, no, nobody is taking shots, uh, neither at, at, at uh, somebody who might believe in 200 foot tall men, nor <laughs> at you, nor at um, anyone. Because part of this really isn't about judgment at all. And I think one of the things we've got to get to as a group of people, as a society, but especially in this day and age right now where everybody's trying to fight about someone, um, why, why not just, uh, just be yourself, really? You know, why not find out what you're passionate about and, and drown out the noise and do what you do best? Stay in your lane, keep your foot on the gas. That's exactly <laughs> it. And, and don't try to overly convince anybody of anything, just do what you do. Um, believe me, there are people paying attention, uh, maybe even more than you know, after eight months, 133, clearly we're paying attention, right? And, and you know, to all of you guys in South Dakota who might get a chance to listen to this, I, I just, I know why you're, you're going to this CrossFit gym. This guy's a special guy. Um, thanks, Tyler, for being here with us, and, Thank and you. I'll get you, uh, hopefully, I'll come to South Dakota That's one day right. That's with right. my Zoom That's right. and get it done really well. Um, you, you can find the, all of us on the Massonomics stuff. You can find us at Massonomics on Instagram as well, plus Massonomics.com. You can follow me on Instagram at, it's Tyler Effin Stone. That's Tyler E-F-F-I-N Stone. Awesome. Evan Stone! Yeah! I like I like ending the podcast on that. So I hope you're having a great day. I hope that you understand that uh, uh, this is about your genius zone, not about Tyler's. You don't have to own a CrossFit gym. You don't have to be... Uh, We're not you know, advising. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't have to be anyone other than who you are. And the key is discovering what it is, where, just like in Tyler's story, where your uh, freedom gives you the ability to serve people. And that's really what it breaks down to. When you feel the freedom to fly as you are and actually make a living because you're able to serve other people, that's that's it. That's success. Now, I know that sounds crazy, but there will not be anything that will make you happy in this life except being okay with yourself, being in your own skin or driving in your own lane knowing that, you know what? I'm gonna to get to the end of my life and I'm gonna say I lived a good life because I lived my life. I didn't live someone else's. So stay in your genius zone and Tyler, thanks for being with us. Awesome. Thank you. Yep.